0: Yes. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm going to read again Jude, verses three and four. I know we're waiting on the word, but sometimes we have to wait and get our minds and our spirits in worship. Oh, yes. Whether we each individually worship the Lord. It's one thing to be led in worship, but it's another thing to individually worship. Worship. That we're not in such a hurry to go to the next thing. Mm. Does anybody hear me this morning? Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, God. Mm. Hallelujah. God, we need your presence. Hallelujah. Jude 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that as you read this, that you read it as the Lord speaking to you individually and not just as Jude writing back in the day that that he wrote Amen This is a message that that part of it that I preached back in 2013 and I just felt as I prayed Lord what shall I deliver this morning in dealing with what the Lord has been working with me on in my spirit I, I was led back to this message this morning. Standing in the faith delivered to the saints. Now, the King James says, once for all delivered to the saints. When you read it in that context, you understand that this faith doesn't change. Can someone say this faith doesn't change? We may live in 2021 But the faith that we live in, the faith that we live by, the one who we trust as Lord and Christ does not change. Amen. Standing in the faith delivered to the saints. So we're not looking for something new. I'm not looking for anything new. I pray that you're not looking for anything new. Maybe a deeper revelation and a deeper understanding, but... Nothing new. Can someone say nothing new? new. Father, thank you for this time to proclaim your word this morning. Thank you for who you are. Oh God, we give you praise. You're the same God that created the heavens and the earth. Same God who called Moses and called Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. The Same God. We call the prophets same God who sent Jesus into this world to die for our sins. We give you praise. We give you glory and we give you honor. Hallelujah. We welcome your presence again. I pray for fresh anointing of your spirit so that I can minister under your anointing. Because I know that it's only your anointing that destroys yokes and removes burdens. Thank you for a fresh anointing of your spirit right now. Not only upon me, but upon your people so that yokes will be destroyed and burdens removed. We came hungry to hear from you, anticipating to hear from you. Speak, Lord. Your servants are waiting. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Standing in the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Again, I want to say it's good to see everyone this morning and I want to encourage as many of us as can come to worship. I know some people cannot come uh, for the various reasons, but I want to encourage us to come to worship, put your mask on, you know sanitize your hands, sanitize your forehead and your face if you have to come to worship. We're doing a whole lot of things. We're seeing folk on Facebook and a whole lot of places. And if you trust those other places and those other things and the other people you're around, you can come to the sanctuary and sit socially distanced from one another. You don't have to come and shake my hand. You don't have to hug me. We'll hug you from a distance. But Come to worship. Amen. Come to worship. What's going to happen when, when the technology goes out one Sunday morning and you, you're laying in your, in your bed waiting for the sermon and then you don't get it. But we're moving closer to the day that we're going to open up fully. Amen. Amen. We're moving closer to that day when I want the choir back in place. We need ushers back in place. Don't get scared. Amen. Because you're going to Walmart. You're going to the grocery store. You're going to work. And have closer proximity to people than you're going to have when you come to the sanctuary. So there's enough room around here for the choir to stand all over the place and sing. Amen. So, by holy convocation, which will be in January, we will begin full worship services. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus which means 2022 brings back our celebration for founding day and everything else that we need to have in place. Outdoor crusades, because we got to go out and we got to win souls. So the Lord is just dealing with me about the fact that we got to go to the streets. Amen. Because our concern should be for lost souls. Our burden should be for lost souls. Amen. So I just want to encourage us, get it in your mind and get it in your spirits because you're not afraid of other things. You can't be afraid to come to corporate worship. We need this. We need corporate worship. You know, it's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord in the sanctuary. Amen. Standing in the faith that's once for all delivered to the (laughs) saints. You know, this is this is the day that that people are. This is October thirty first, right? Yeah. And people are celebrating Halloween. I don't. I don't really think I need to preach another Halloween message. I've been preaching and teaching this over the years, and you know, one thing I found out about people is that some people are persuaded not by the scriptures or by the Holy Spirit, but by their own minds. And people are going to do what they want to do. So but we're still responsible for preaching and teaching the word of God. Passed by a church this morning, right down the street. No, I'm not condemning where, well, anyway. Halloween block party. Uh, trunk or treat and all of these other things people are doing. Why do we have to even recognize the day? Why do we even have to recognize today? Beloved, when I give all when I gave all diligence to write to you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. You should earnestly contend. For the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. So is Jude writing to the other apostles? Is Jude writing to the other preachers of the gospel? Or is he writing to the saints of God in general? He's writing to the saints of God in general. So it's not simply my responsibility to defend the faith and contend for The faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. It's every believer's responsibility to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Amen? God says, I am the Lord, I do not change. Culture may change, society may change, people will change, but I do not change. So that was a faith that was delivered to the saints that we must contend for. Are you listening? Regardless of whether society changes, regardless of the laws of society, regardless of the philosophies and the ideologies that are espoused in society, we have to hear that there is a faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Once for all means that that's it. There's not another faith in Jesus Christ. That has been delivered to us. Same God that does not change is the God who's, who this faith is founded upon. And in every generation, believers must contend for the faith. Now, I don't know if, if I have this in my notes, but, but just in case I don't, uh, I, I'm gonna say it right now. The best place to start contending for the faith. It's in your own house. and you are listening? With your own children. Now, now uh, most of us in here today, our children are either grown or either we haven't had children yet. But those of you who have young children or who have children, the best place for you to start contending for the faith is in your own home. The best place to make disciples is in your own home because those disciples that you make for Christ based on the word of the Lord become a part of the corporate body. And as you've raised them up in the Lord as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, then that makes the corporate body stronger. And then collectively we can contend for the faith. Now, you know I, I kind of see myself as on, you know on the other side, I'm on the other side of 50. <laughs> so 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 not that I'm going off the scene, but I've been preaching and teaching this for a long time. There has to be some some younger people that come along who have been raised up in the faith, who will contend, For the faith that was once for all delivered unto the saints. We can't change because society changes. We cannot change because the philosophies and the ways of the world change. We cannot do that. We cannot do that. Things may seem right, but the scripture plainly says there is a way. That seems right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. So things will seem right. I was listening to the news one day last week, and you know, this whole issue of abortion has come up again because of the strict laws uh, about abortion. Well, saints of God, it shouldn't be an issue for us. We shouldn't be killing babies. Amen. Now, there may be there may be some extenuating circumstances, and sometimes it seems like the far left, right, <laughs> you know, they they are they are unmerciful and uncaring in the things that they espouse. But for the saints of God, there are some things that that we should know automatically because we've been raised up in the faith. It's a lot of times. That I don't want to make this a political thing. I just want to say to us that our decision making should be based on the scriptures. No one should have to tell us certain things. If you got pregnant, you got pregnant because you had sex. Amen. Unprotected. But you had sex. No. All right. That's just a plain fact. There are no virgin births anymore. Amen. And when there was the virgin birth, it was for divine purpose. So then when we act outside of the will of God and the ways of God, and then we suffer the consequences, whether whatever it may be. I don't want to just focus on on, on, on a person having a baby out of wedlock or, or abortion, but there are consequences for our actions. And how do we deal with the consequences of our, of our actions? We have to accept the way and the will of God. For there is the faith that was delivered to the saints. Now, if you are not part of the faith, then I can understand. you doing things that doesn't line up with Scripture. But all of us have been raised up in the faith. And many people are making these decisions and doing these things, quote-unquote, on the inside of the faith. Which means that we're not contending for the faith that was once for all delivered To the saints. And it's not just, you know, sometimes it's the parents that's taking their children to get abortions. And sometimes, you know, you don't want nobody to know you got pregnant or you don't want a child right now. Well, don't be quiet on me. (laughs) These are real issues about contending for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So so what has happened? People have entered into the church. I didn't I didn't say in the faith. And they are they they, they don't have the heart of God. As I read this few Sunday before last and I was reading this, I'm saying This is what has happened in the church. Now, a lot of times I realize that that many of us didn't grow up either in families or in the church where the scriptures were really taught. So people made decisions based on their own frames of reference. But that's not the case today because we focus on, we stress. It's our sincere desire to preach sound doctrine and teach sound doctrine. So people that grow up in this congregation can't say that they don't know the truth. Now, you may not agree. I know a lot of people get upset with me about what I preach. But when you go back to the scripture, it's my desire for everything I preach to line up with the scripture. I am not ashamed to come back and apologize if I say something that doesn't line up with the scripture. So, you can't align yourself strictly with a political party and contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Because in every political party, there's going to be some error. Now, I hate to say it, but the Democratic Party and some of the platforms that we push. Don't line up with the faith that was delivered to the saints. Uh, Yeah. And when it comes to loving our brothers and our sisters, the Republican Party doesn't either. That's why I always say there's no Christian party that lines up with the faith. And so these things and television, as much as we love television and we love Hollywood and we love the music industry, a lot of times we are being shaped. We are being conformed to the worldly way of thinking by giving so much attention to these these platforms rather than giving attention to the word of God and really searching out the scriptures to understand the faith that was delivered to us. Amen. So Jude says, I wanted to write about the common salvation. We're all saved, you know, that we have in Christ Jesus. But because of these people that have entered into the church and have begun teaching strange and lewd doctrines and have really denied Jesus Christ, I had to write to you to encourage you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered unto the saints. And today, we need people who will contend for the faith. Contend. contend for the faith. With your wife, with your husband, with your children, with your girlfriend, with your boyfriend, contend for the faith. Saints of God, because we are the ones who've been given this charge in this generation. And so once we start contending for the faith, we don't have to worry about the saints participating in things that don't glorify God because we are engaged in contending for the faith. So then it's not just your pastor who's saying we shouldn't be doing this or we shouldn't be doing that. And you're not not refraining from doing these things because your pastor said you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that. But you're doing it because you now have learned to contend for the faith. And you know for yourself what honors God and what does not. What aligns up with faith, with the faith, and what does not. That's where the Lord wants us to get to. That's the burden that's that's on my heart for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That in every house, you're making disciples. Before your baby come out of the womb, comes out of the womb, you're speaking the word of God over your baby. When that baby breaks the womb and comes out of the womb, you're anointing that child and you're praying for that child and you're raising that child according to the faith. You're you're laying a foundation that won't be altered because once a person has come up in something, just like it is negatively, Come up in the faith is difficult to pull that person out of the faith. I'm not talking about raising up up people in the traditions of the church. Sometimes the church can be off base in our practices, all right, and the way we treat people. But, you know, once you have people who are contending for the faith, then what we learn to do is we learn to love people. Because God is love, And we learn to treat people right. And if we make a mistake, we're quick to go back and say, I apologize for what I said or for what I did. Because we want to keep ourselves in a position where we're contending for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Now, we can get a deeper and a better understanding than our parents, but it doesn't change the faith. Amen we can get a deeper revelation but it doesn't change the faith so we don't we don't move we don't shift from the foundation of the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints amen amen we don't we don't deliver we don't move we don't shift we don't slide away we stay on the foundation And those things that we don't understand, we seek understanding. So, how do we, how do we, how do we treat people whose lives don't line up with the scriptures? Faith says we love them because God loves them. God does not love the sin, but God loves the sinner because He's drawn you, He's drawn you and me by His love. And it's because of his love that we've come. And once we come, because of his love, we're open to the Holy Spirit to work and minister in our lives to get us to the place that God wants us to be. In that process, change takes place. Amen. Has anybody here been changed? Amen. 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 Jesus Christ, the author and what? Finisher Finisher of our faith, the Christian faith. He's the author of it, and he's the finisher. It begins in Jesus, and it ends in Jesus. So everybody in between, we're where? In Jesus. If we're in the faith, we're in Jesus Christ. He's the fulfillment of the Old Testament law. And it's through faith in him that we are brought into a right relationship with God. It's through faith in Jesus that we're justified, and that that we're saved, and that we're justified. It's all in Jesus. This is what he taught his disciples. I am the way, the truth, and the no man cometh unto the Father except by me. Amen. I am the way. I am the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Truth is not what I come up with. Truth is what the Lord has... Truth is in Jesus and how he has expounded, exposed that, revealed that, and how God has manifested that in him. I am the way. Truth and the life. Jesus said in John 17, as he prayed to his father... He said, I have manifested your name to the men whom you've given me out of the world. They are yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you gave me are from you. I've given to them the words which you gave or which you've given to me. They have received them and known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. So this is Jesus taught this to his disciples, and he's praying this to, the, to his Father, to God in heaven, that the men that he gave to them, he has communicated this faith to them. Why did he teach them this? Because they had the responsibility of communicating, carry on this, carrying on this ministry and communicating this faith to others. Yeah, the faith, the faith, the faith. Yeah, these same disciples he commissioned when he said in Matthew 28 and 19, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations. I was writing that one time and I put in all nations. No, he said make disciples of, of all nations. So you know what the Lord is? The Lord's will is is that everybody be saved. Everybody come to the knowledge of him and receive him as their Savior and Lord. And that everybody is reconciled to God. That's his will. That's his desire. His desire is not that we be conformed to the world. His desire is not that we follow the ways of the darkness of this world. His desire is not that we follow the ways of Satan, of evil. His desire is that we come to, the, to him and that we receive salvation. Yeah, yeah. So Jesus said, you go and teach everything that I have commanded you. Go and teach it. Now, how could they teach it if they didn't know it? So how are we going to teach it if we don't know it? How are we going to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the the saints if we don't really know this faith. And you look at the numbers of people who will take corporate Bible study seriously. And you need to do your own personal Bible study, but we found out that there's so much value in coming together and discussing the word of the Lord. There's so much value in coming together, sitting under the teaching of the word of the Lord. I never get to the place where I think that I know it all, somebody can teach me something. Amen, amen. So I have to make myself available. Now I'm really particular about everything that's on television. Amen, amen. I'm really particular. I've I, I've grown over the years and and listened, uh, and and I'm not condemning television evangelists and prophets and and what have you, but. Uh, I want to listen to somebody. I want to listen to somebody who's not trying to raise enough money to keep their broadcast on television. Are you listening to me? I don't want to run to a conference, and I got to listen to somebody who needs to raise enough money to make sure that the conference is paid for. Because somewhere in the mix of doing all that, I know we've done that before, and one of my grievances, one of my burdens was what I saw and why I left. I ain't calling no names, but you know you know. But but when there is another motivation, when you gotta have money, you will compromise. you'll compromise. You compromise. And you'll compromise in a lot of ways. Because you have to keep the money coming in. And to keep the money coming in, you have to keep the people coming. I know to a certain degree, you know, I got to keep y'all coming, but, but once you're committed to Jesus, you know, you're going to come. I may not preach the best sermon in the world. I may bore you, you know, but but your commitment is first of all to Jesus Christ and to his work and to his ministry. So you're going to come. You're going to give whether I tell you to give or not. Some some people don't give even when I preach giving. So, so, so unless you're a committed tither, and if you're a committed tither, you're not giving because of me. You're giving because of your commitment to the Lord. But I don't have to use gimmicks and schemes and tricks to keep you giving. To keep the ministry functioning. To keep the doors open and the lights on and the air conditioner. I don't have to use gimmicks to do that. So, so, so I, I backed away from some things and listening to some people and you know when I finally listened to this man the other day and, and, and I didn't listen long. Because as soon as he started on Facebook, this is your apostle. I was oh, Lord, let me back away from this. Amen. Let me go and preach this message. I am on Facebook. So, <laughs> hallelujah. But, but saints, listen, it is part of my responsibility to help warn you, to help Help, help, help! You be aware of what you need to be watching out for, because there's still wolves around. There's still people around that are pulling people away from the truth. So you know, when we're on the mission field and we hear people, and there's some people in Liberia listening to this, there's some people in Kenya listening to this message, and we hear people say. If you bring, if you give $100, you know, you're going to get a visa to go to the United States. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The only way you're going to get a visa is that you go to that embassy and you convince the counselor or whoever interviews you that you're going to come for what you said you were coming for and you're going back home when there's still time to go home. you got to prove certain things. You know, all of these things that get you to give money, come and sow into this. Uh, you know, I appreciate, the, you know, we went through the season of people giving at the altar and sowing into the word of the Lord. But you know what? You can give as much money as you want to give. But if you're not committed to Jesus, there is no commitment from Jesus to honor your request. Money is not the way. You can't bribe the Lord He's, he will not be bribed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This faith has been, has been delivered to the disciples, been delivered to us, and it was their responsibility, as it is our responsibility, uh, to continue to communicate the faith, the faith, without all of the, of the stuff that we've mixed in to make it appealing to people. I, I was just thinking yesterday, you know, how did, how did we get to the point as a people, and particularly, particularly us, as a people that hooping became what attracted us to worship on Sunday? Just wondering, how did we get to that? You know, I can understand getting excited, you know, as we preach this gospel, we do get excited, get excited, but, but how did we get to the place that, that it was the tune, that it was the, the sing-song uh, format that, that, that made us think that that was really preaching. How? And so we developed a culture where you could come to church and you could sit and nod, but as as a preacher started tuning up. And those people who have beautiful voices, they could do it better than those of us who don't have those beautiful voices. I can't modulate. I mean, I could barely, you know, keep a tune sometimes, you know. But modulation? Mm-mm. Lord have mercy. Brother Carlton was going to teach me something one time, but he never did. But I thank God for deliverance because that should not be the focus of our faith. Should not be the focus of our interest in the Word of God. Because when you get to that place and you get caught up in that move, you don't care what the person is saying. Most people don't. All you want is that sweet, sweet sound. And when that person can take you from one place to the next place in that sweet, sweet, Moving, what we call powerful sound. All you have is the sound. I was cooking some chicken last night and the fragrance lit up the house. I was saying, that sure did smell good. But guess what? That was just a smell. I had to wait till the chicken got done to eat the chicken to get the the essence and to get the nutrients from the chicken. And so a lot of times, what we've experienced is just a feeling from what was presented to us, and we made it preaching. There was no food, no nutrients that came out of it. We left the sanctuary with a good feeling, and we had nothing to communicate to the next generation. You can't communicate a feeling. Communicate the Word of God. And as you get deep in the Word of God, whatever feeling you need, it's going to come. Amen. But you find out that your faith is not based on feeling. Amen, that your Christian life is not based on your feeling. Because when you stand against the enemy, it's not your feelings that's going to make you strong and it's going to bring you to victory. It is the word of God through the power of God. So James said, these, I mean, Jews said, these people have infiltrated And it's been going on for generations, saints. You know how long ago this scripture was written? And now here we are today trying to help people move back to the faith that's once for all committed to the saints. So, as we look at this thing, and you know I'm not following my notes by now, Amen. So as we look at this, as we look at this, standing, standing in the faith that was once for all. I mean, I, I just kind of sense now that if I could get us to that point that we that that more of us catch this thing and grasp onto this, the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Contend for this, contends for this. So as we 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 get into this. We understand that that this faith that was committed to the saints is based in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He is the foundation of this faith. Now, when you move away from Christ, you've moved from the foundation. So if an earthquake came and moved your house off of the foundation, what is the structural engineer going to tell you? Your house is unlivable, uninhabitable, because it's been moved from the foundation. You just can't go back and live in that house, because when it's moved from the foundation, the house is in danger of falling. Amen. And where we are today, saints, I don't care whether you agree with me or not, but where we are today, as I preached the other Sunday, amen, the battle that it seemed like the church is losing, the the Christian faith is, is in danger of falling. Well, I shouldn't say the Christian faith, but many of us who say we're Christians, our houses are uninhabitable. What we have that we call faith is uninhabitable, it won't stand, it won't stand, it can't stand, amen, Jesus said you got to build on a solid foundation, he told us the parable of the man who built his house on sand, the winds came, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house and it did what? It fell and great was the fall of it. Saints, you're going to face situations in your life when the storms are going to come, the winds are going to blow, amen, the waters will raised and beat upon you. Your faith has to be solid in order for you to stand. So don't build your house on sand. Building on the philosophies that are in this world around us today is like building on sand. You, Many people can't tell you what the word of God says. They'll tell you what they think. They'll tell you what they said on the news, what was heard on the news media. They will tell you what's in the song. But to say, thus saith the word of the Lord. Churches, Churches are building upon foundations that will not stand because we've moved away from Jesus Christ. We moved away from Christ. Yeah. So one of the things that's so important is that we have to be sure, and, 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 and I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. We have to be sure of who Jesus is. Got to be sure. There, there, there can't be any question in your mind. Now, if you don't have any question in your mind, then you need to be communicating this to somebody else. Amen. And that's the whole thing Jude is saying here. Saints, you know what you've been taught. You know the truth. Now, if Jude said it back in that day, goodness, what about this day? Yeah, 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 yeah. Knowing who Jesus is makes all of the difference in the world. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 11, for no one can lay any other foundation than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So anybody come and lay another foundation? I believe in Jesus, but remember what Jesus told his disciples to do. He said, teach them the things that I have commanded you. So now, if you believe that Jesus is the foundation, are you teaching what Jesus taught? And I'm not just speaking from From the vantage point of the pulpit, in your house, are you teaching what Jesus taught? In your life, have you embraced what Jesus taught? With your friends, are you teaching what Jesus taught? Now, remember Jesus, Jesus is the rock of offense. Jesus is the stumbling stone. So a lot of people are stumbling at Jesus Christ. So they don't want to hear you talking about Jesus. But you got to know who you are and you got to know who Jesus is. Amen. Young people, are you, young teenagers, are you listening? Young, young adults. You know, we, 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 we get to that point where we don't want to talk about Jesus around our friends. They need to hear about Jesus. Even if they don't accept what you say, you need to plant the seed. Because somebody else will come along and water that seed. Are you listening to me. God is in control. When we are faithful in doing what he tells us to do, he's in control. Somebody will come along and water that seed. And that seed will take root. Amen. And somebody else will come along and water that seed, you know. And that seed, that plant will begin to grow. And after a while, you know, that plant is going to eventually get connected with a church where there where 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 the word of god is being preached in. then that church is going that that plant that seed that that plant that came from the seed begins to grow it begins to get rooted and grounded but someone had to plant the seed i'll put you in a place don't don't keep your mouth closed amen if people get angry with you say it anyway say it in love now all right so I'm not just saying be brash and you're just driving people away from me you with your nasty attitude. No, we do what we do in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So nobody else can lay a foundation to the one that's already been laid. That is Jesus Christ. And the fact of the matter is that no man laid the foundation. God laid the foundation. God sent Jesus into this world to die for sinners. As a sacrifice for us. So God did this. Amen. Second Corinthians 5 and 21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin, uh, uh, to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Galatians chapter one verses three and four says, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the, our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins so that we, so that he might rescue us from this present age according to the will of God our Father. God laid the foundation. God sent Jesus. We didn't do it, so we don't have the right to try to lay another foundation. Don't say you are a church of Jesus Christ and there's another foundation that you're built on. We can't change the church of Jesus Christ. Just call yourself an organization. Call yourself a a club. Call yourself something. Don't say you're the church. Hmm. Romans 5 and 8 says, For while we were yet sinners, while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. we got to remember that the faith that the church is built on is the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus talking to his disciples, who do people say that I am? Oh, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. They've been waiting on Elijah. And one of their feasts, they would always have a seat. Set aside for Elijah, because they were looking for Elijah to come. God sent Jesus, and they didn't even recognize it. But who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who do you say Jesus is? Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you but my Father who is in heaven. So when we get the revelation of Jesus, amen, and we, 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 we commit our lives to him, that's the foundation that we're built on. And all this other stuff does not matter. Much of the other stuff is a destruction from Christianity. Who name you've been baptized in? It's a distraction from Christianity. What church you've been baptized? You, did you receive the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues? That's a distraction from the faith. Now, we need the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get to that point in a minute. But we don't need to be arguing over whether you speak in tongues or not. We don't need to be fussing about that. We don't need to be fussing about which denomination you're part of. Well, now you need to be a part of a solid denomination now. I got to tell you the truth because if the denomination doesn't believe in being filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to kind of separate yourself. Birds of a flutter, feather. Oh, Lord have mercy. Association brings about. Amen. Yeah, I was majored in psychology in college. I learned that way back in the 70s. But it's the truth. So the people you associate with all the time, you tend to assimilate with them. That's why the Bible says, "Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers." Don't be. It's so hard to get us today, especially in America, to understand that. Then the young people in the church, when young guys, when y'all start dating. Make sure that girl saved and sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Do y'all hear me? Not just because she looks good. The devil can look pretty. This will look wonderful on the outside, but on the inside, and make sure that you, young men, fill with the Holy Ghost. Make sure you bring into the table for that sanctified young lady the same thing you're looking for from her. Amen. Secondly, got to have the revelation of Jesus Christ. Secondly, the one person, the one person that was so pivotal in the early days of the church and now and key to the effectiveness of of the apostles in carrying out the work of ministry in contending for the faith, the one person was and is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to his disciples, go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father whom he will send not many days from now. Jesus had already said, I will not leave you helpless. I will not leave you comfortless. But I will send the helper. I will send the paraclete. I will send the comforter. I will send the counselor. We need comfort. We need counsel. We need help on this journey. Jesus said, don't go from Jerusalem until you receive the power of the Holy Ghost. He one who made them effective. That's why I always pray, Lord, give me a fresh anointing of your spirit. Give me a fresh anointing. I don't wait till I get in the pulpit to pray for a fresh anointing. Amen, I need a fresh anointing when I get out in the bed, out of the bed in the morning. I need a fresh anointing when I go about my daily occupation. I need a fresh anointing of the spirit throughout the day. So Paul says in Ephesians, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Think about what you face in a day. Think about what you face on your job. Think about what you deal with in your home. Think about when things start breaking down, when things start going wrong, and you know, you're know spending money for this and you're spending money for that, and after a while there's no more money to spend, but you still got something else to do. Think about how that makes you feel. Without the Holy Ghost, you get overwhelmed. But with the Holy Ghost, you know that your God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And after a while and by and by, when you begin to encourage yourself in the Lord, God will send somebody by. God will have somebody cash up you some money you were not expecting. God will allow you wisdom, amen, to delay that bill. So you, now you're not frustrated. Now your focus is back on doing the will of God. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, other most parts of the world. How do we do this work? How do we do, how do we face all of these things? By the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Throughout the book of Acts, we have evidence of men being men and women being filled with the Spirit of Almighty God and able to do miraculous things. So Peter and John goes up to the temple at the hour of prayer, and they meet a man begging for money. And they say to him, we don't have any money, but what we have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they take him by the hand. And they lift him. And immediately, he's not dependent on the strength in their arms. But the Bible says immediately his legs receive strength. Amen. God wants to use you so that somebody's legs will receive strength. So that someone's hands will receive strength. We get in our minds, uh, God is going to do some miraculous things. But do you know how many lame people you meet every day? You know how many confused people you meet every day? God wants to use you so those people in their lameness can receive strength. You can't agree with everybody and everything because God sent them your way so that you, by the power of the Holy Ghost, can help them receive strength. Whew. Don't worry about what you don't have to give. You have something to give. If you're born again, sanctified, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled man and woman of God, you have someone to give. Amen. Sometimes people don't need money. (laughs) They need Jesus. My goodness. Amen. Sometimes they don't need a new car. They just need Jesus. Hallelujah. Sometimes they don't need a new house. They need Jesus. And when they get Jesus right, Amen. Didn't things begin to shift in their lives. Amen. The Spirit of God begin to work in their minds and give them witty inventions and and cause them, amen, to to use that creative ability that he's given to them so that they can create jobs and have incomes. Oh, do we really believe the Lord? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit. I'm going to wrap this up. I don't know how long I've been preaching. We need the Holy Spirit. We need him in our lives. Finally, finally, and we always got to come back to this theme. Finally, because uh, standing and contending for this faith was delivered to the apostles, delivered to the saints. We're going to be persecuted. We have to be able to stand. In this process, in the persecution, we've still got to advance the kingdom. We've got to advance the kingdom. We've got to advance the kingdom. And it's only through standing in this faith that the kingdom of God is advanced. Now, once you move away from the faith, you will advance Satan's kingdom. You may not call it Satan's kingdom, but there are only two ways, God's way or the devil's way. God has called us to advance the kingdom. Amen? God established his kingdom in the hearts and the minds of human beings because the kingdom of Christ, the kingdom of God, is his rule in our hearts and our lives. If we can get the picture, if Jesus rules my life, then I'm going to do what Jesus has called me to do. My body might tell me something else. Thank God for the teaching that in the flesh, nothing good dwells. The flesh is condemned for destruction. Thank God for that teaching. Because some of us, some people believe that just because they feel it in their bodies, that they have to do it. And it's right to do. Let me tell you something. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. The doctor tell you, you got high blood pressure. And you love pork and you love salt, guess what your body's gonna crave? That lady tell me one time, the food just don't taste right without salt. But salt is killing your body, and your body is craving this. What do you do? Well, I guess I just died here. <laughs> keep shaking it. That's what folk do. You Have you gone to, to restaurants with people? They order their food. The very first thing they do is do what? Pick up the shot, shake it. Start shaking. I was telling a good friend of mine, I said, man, stop doing that. Don't do that. And he get look at me like I'm crazy. You ain't my daddy. I said, you haven't even tasted food yet. And you're adding salt to it. Your body will crave things but you have to bring the body under subjection. And I thank God for understanding that this flesh, there's nothing good that dwells in this flesh, and this flesh is condemned for destruction. It is the mind and the spirit, amen, that needs to be, this need to be saved and conformed to the will of God and bring the body under subjection to the mind and to the spirit of God. Because your body will have you doing all kinds of things. Amen. Every once in a while, you know, I get this craving for sweets. That's why I went out the other day and got my brownie and uh, what did I get? I got a brownie and I got a, uh, a sour cream donut and uh, and and I got a and I got a peanut butter cookie. And I knew I had sinned. <laughs> I said, "Lord, forgive me." I sin. My flesh. Amen. But let me tell you something. Your flesh will crave for some stuff worse than a sugar cookie. Amen. Oh, yeah. I said, now, now from now on, let me just get the brownie every once in a while. Every once in a while. Bring my body under subjection. Appetite, you just mouth, as shut your mouth because I'm not getting all of that stuff. I told my wife, you got to bake me an egg custard now. But this is what I do with my egg custard. I put it in the freezer and every once in a while, I cut me a slice. Amen. Your flesh will crave things that are not good. So bring the body unto subjection. Amen. So that we are fit to continue to expand the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. Your health is critical in this process. Are we listening? You're not gonna walk the streets and witness to people when you can't walk. Amen. When your blood pressure's up, you're not good for too much. But, but sitting in a chair, laying, laying 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 in the bed, and we're talking about advancing the kingdom. When you're stretched out in debt. You're not going to do too much in advance in the kingdom. You can't go anywhere. The Lord says, go to Africa. And the first thing you think about is, where's the money? We don't live like, we, 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 we give in to the flesh and we see this new car. The car you got, it's running all right. It may have a dent in it where you hit something, you know. It may have a scratch in it where you, where you scratched up something. But do you need a new car? Or do you need more free money for the work of the kingdom? How many of us, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Sometimes I look at my house and I say, Lord, you know, do we really need all this house? Y'all listening? In America, bigger is better. We act like we're in Texas. I keep looking at these tiny houses. I, my wife, she probably th- hit me with a rock. I start talking about moving in a tiny house. Now, I do want space for folk to come, you know, sometime and visit. But, but our focus has to be on advancing the kingdom as we contend for this faith. And contending for the faith says to me that I need to be a good steward of what God has blessed me with. I can't be wasteful. I have to be a steward of my body. I have to be a steward of my time. I have to be a steward of my talent as I contend for the faith because as I contend for the faith, I'm first of all learning. Amen. Christ, Holy Spirit is teaching me how to bring my body, how to bring my appetites, how to bring my desires unto subjection. Now I am freer to teach others and minister to others. Contend for this faith. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now when the Holy Spirit is with you, when the Holy Spirit, let me tell you the truth. The Holy Spirit told me not to buy that sour cream donut, that brownie, and that peanut butter cookie. He's that much concerned about my health. He is that much concerned about my well-being. Because he wants to keep me strong so I can continue to do the work of the Lord. So I can't rightly say, oh, I was at this dinner, and I'm I'm about finished, and I was watching these old ladies. A couple of them were in wheelchairs. It was Christmas dinner. You know what people do at Christmas dinner. You know what they bring, right? They bring the other food, but what else they bring? Dessert. I looked at one lady. I said, she had piled her plate up with cake and pie. I said, "I said, do you need to be eating all that? No, oh, that's okay. I took my medicine this morning. And then she looked at her friend that was also piling her plate up to take some home. She said, you took your medicine this morning? Yeah, I took my medicine this morning. You get the picture. Medicine is not a cure-all. You're being guided by the Holy Spirit is a cure-all. He's concerned about your life because He wants to keep you in the will of God and keep you fit so that you can advance the kingdom. It is not just my responsibility; it's not just the elders' responsibility. Contend, Jude is writing to the church. There are people who've entered in and who are teaching strange doctrine. One of those doctrines was that you can live immoral. And as long as you're saved, it's okay. Well, let's expand that. You can do whatever you want to do with your body and in your life. And as long as you're saved, you're okay. That, has moved, that moved some people away from the foundation in Jesus Christ. That's what's happening in the world today. And it's the saints' responsibility to contend for this faith. Saints. We have to move beyond people not liking us. Who do we want to please? Do we really want to please him? We really want to please him. Then we come to the place. Sometimes, some situations you really have to, you you do have to pray about, we're still in the flesh, we're not perfect. You got to pray, Lord, how do I approach this? Lord, how do I say what I need to say? How do, how do I learn to be tactful and, and, and loving at the same time, but say what needs to be said? You have to pray because you want to draw people, you don't want to drive people away. But the opposite of that is not saying anything at all just so you can maintain peace. Is it real peace? Is a real peace? It's not real peace. So, saints, I want to encourage us today. Contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. The faith in Jesus has not changed. The faith of Jesus has not changed. We, many people who call themselves Christians have moved away from the foundation. Moved away. And so we see the situation that we have in the world today, like it was in the day that Jude wrote the Bible. A weak church, a feeble church. I say weak church, I'm not talking about weak in numbers. People who are weak in their faith and don't know what they believe and don't have the strength to stand or to learn and to stand on what they're being taught. We can't we can't change the world like that. Early church turned the world upside down. That uncompromising faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Word and the power of your Word. Thank you that when your Word goes forth, it does not return to you empty, but it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Lord, you called us to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Help us that we will know this faith, that we will be firm in our belief in who you are and the faith that you have given to us. Help us as we stand in this faith to advance your kingdom. So many people need to know you as a Savior and their God. Thank you. You've chosen us, each one of us. Thank you for how you're equipping us, building us, and have empowered us to do this work. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. This morning there is anyone who needs to give your life to Jesus, or would like to give your life to Jesus. Whether you're in here in person or online, we want to give you that opportunity. Uh, if you're in here and you want to give your life to Christ, you can come down front. If you're online, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that God raised you from the dead so that I could have eternal life. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I want to be a part of this faith that was delivered to the saints. Lord Jesus, I receive you now. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Salvation is by faith, but it is also a decision of your will. Many times when we pray the prayer that leads to help lead people to salvation, sometimes we wonder if it works. It works when that is a decision of your own will. Some people just don't know what to say, so that's the purpose of this prayer, to help people know what to say. Salvation has to be a decision of one's own will if that prayer was, a, was an expression of your desire for Christ to come into your life, then the promise of Scripture is that the Lord has saved you. Now, what we want you to do is we want you to write to us. You can put a comment online or go to our website, topraise.org, and write to us and let us know of the decision that you've made and someone from this ministry will follow up with you and help you start this process of growing in the Lord. Amen. For those of us in the sanctuary, Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy that's upon us. Thank you for continuing always to give us your word and to build us up and equip us. We pray that we will never be people who are ever learning but never coming into the knowledge of the truth. But as we learn, we will walk in truth. You called us to contend for this faith. Help us. To do that, we yield to you. I pray for those that are sick. I pray for healing in their bodies. I pray for those who are afflicted, those who are going through mental turmoil and grief and what have you. I pray, dear Father, that you will minister to them by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that you'll meet every need in this sanctuary, every need among your people, Lord. You are the God who supplies all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Minister grace to us. We need your help. We need your help. Thank you, Father. I pray blessings upon every household. I pray blessings upon every family, every marriage, every family. I pray blessings upon our finances. I pray to God blessings upon jobs and those who need jobs. I pray in Jesus' name that they will find that job that you've prepared for them. Now, God, as we go from this sanctuary, As we depart from this place, we pray that your love, your grace, and your mercy will abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause,